There's a word from the Lord this morning as we now transition to God's word. Our text this morning is found in an iconic reference of Holy Scripture. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In this year to restore support and strengthen, God has given us this message on this special day for this occasion. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, two verses, verse 7 as well as verse 13. And we're reading this morning from the New Living Translation, from the New Living Translation. Verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 13, the New Living Translation reads, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Verse 13 of chapter 13. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you from the subject, the greatest of these. The greatest of these. On this day in which people all over the world are celebrating the joy and the power of love, we thought that it would be important for us to examine this subject of love from a somewhat different perspective, from a godly and not a romantic perspective. I will confess to you, my wife will tell you, that I am not a big fan of the commercialization of Valentine's. It was created by the florist industry for a reason, to get your money. By the candy industry for a reason, to get your money. But it is also a good time to take note, to let someone know how much you think of them, how much you love them. And it is perhaps even a greater time for us to assess love from a godly perspective. This godly perspective of love is referred to in biblical scholarship and biblical school of thought as agape love, which is simply defined as unconditional transformative force that never runs out or gives up. Very simple definition of agape love. And there are longer, more extensive definitions I know. But my goal is not to impress you with theology this morning, but to communicate to you uh, what God wants you to hear. This special godly agape love is unconditional, it is transformative, and it is a force that never gives up or never runs out. 
Listen, perhaps one of the greatest quotes on love, and in fact, for me, it is one of the greatest quotes on love. As you know, I am someone who loves quotes. You've heard me say every morning I begin my day by reading a brand new quote from somewhere from somebody. Uh, one of the quotes I flagged or I have uh, kept uh, in my digital file is a quote from the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who is quoted as saying this about love. Listen to what Dr. King says. He says, this kind of love has within it a redemptive power. He goes on to say, it has a power that eventually transforms individuals. Then I like how he ends the quote. At the very root of love, Dr. King says, is the power of redemption. Wow. For someone to write this who lost their life uh, by the hands of a white supremacist racist, Dr. King knew that the one thing that could transform and redeem society was the power of love. He knew that wars could not do it. More weapons could not do it. Uh, having people polarize themselves and having people uh, segregate themselves cannot do it. Dr. King knew that there was a redemptive power, a redeeming quality in love. Songwriter understood this. Songwriter wrote the song, Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, sinking never to rise no more. From the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. The redemptive power of love is unlike any other force we will ever experience. Once again, look how Dr. King ends this quote. At the very root of love is the power of redemption. Redemption involves forgiveness, a second chance. Dr. King says at the very root of what love is all about, it is all about giving second chances. It is all about forgiving those who have hurt you. I would suggest that there is nothing more transformative than this kind of love. Nothing. Wonderful story in the third chapter of John. The religious leader Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. Wanted to know about salvation. Tell me about your theology. Tell me how can one be saved. Jesus talks to Nicodemus a while. And you know the story. He asked, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus explains the whole process. But he then leaves Nicodemus with what is perhaps the most iconic verse in the entire Bible. That is John, the third chapter and the 16th verse that simply says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
But look at how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, but this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's transformative. That, that itself uh, says what Dr. King says. That is redemptive love. That is the power of love transforming the world. I'm here to tell you that the one thing that could make our society better is that we have this special kind of love that comes from this special relationship with God. I have been sickened over the last several weeks to see what is happening in our country. It, it breaks my heart to see how polarized we are, to see how divided we are, to see how mean and hateful we are, all because men and women are seeking power and using people who are ill-informed to help them in the pursuit of their own personal power. And I've gotten to the point now that I don't even look at the news. And, and, and I'm a lawmaker. And I, I, and I must confess, it has gotten so. I told my wife, after we see the weather report, I flip to Netflix or something else. Because, because it is so depressing to see what is going on. But then God reminds us that there's one thing that can transform this world. And that is the power of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. And it says that everyone, that includes everybody who believes in him will not perish but shall have eternal life. Listen, on this day in which the word love is probably used too much and misused often. It is important for us to understand what real love really looks like. And we find it in our text in this 13th chapter of Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians. Paul writes this iconic powerful text. In this chapter, Paul talks about what love is. But to, to really understand 1 Corinthians 13, you have to first understand 1 Corinthians 12. You have to understand that and see 13 in the context of 1 Corinthians 12. Allow me just a moment to share the backdrop and the context with you. In the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul talks to the church in Corinth about spiritual gifts. And they were all getting all worked up over who has the greatest gift, who is the greatest in the church, are the apostles greater than the bishops, or those who are prophets, what about those who speak in tongues, what about that? And Paul takes his times in, in chapter 12 to talk about the spiritual gifts. And then the latter part of chapter 12, he compares the church to the body. And he talks about how the body needs both the foot and the eye and how the body has to be jointly working together in order to get a healthy 
and an effective body. And then he says in the latter part of verse number 12, in verse 29, he actually asks a rhetorical question. He says, is everybody in the church an apostle? <laughs> I should ask that in 2021. Do everybody want to be a preacher? Does everybody want to be a bishop? Everybody got to be a teacher, he asked. Everybody have to do miracles. And then he gets, he says, we should all strive for the greatest of gifts. But then I am so moved by verse 31. And, and, I, and, and we have to put this in context before we transition to chapter 13. Look at what Paul says. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Then he says, and look at this. This is the part I like. This is the part that's highlighted uh, on my iPad. He says this, but now let me show you a way of life that is best for all. Then he transitions to chapter 13. He says, I know I've talked about tongues. I know I've talked about prophecies. I know I've talked about apostles and leaders, but let me show you something that's best for everybody. And then he begins chapter 13 and says, if I could speak in all the languages of earth and angels, but I don't love others, I would be noisy, gong, and clinging cymbals. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all God's secret and plans and possessed all the knowledge, and if I could have such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my own body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Give all your money away. Have all the titles you want. Have all the gifts and callings on your life. But if you don't love others, Paul says you're nothing. Go and be the chief prophet in the church. You can be the, the, uh, the big person in a small pond all you want. And you may feel good about yourself, but if you don't love others, Paul says you are nothing. Make all the noise you want. Sing like an angel. Be the next Yolanda Adams. You can be whoever you want. Have all the gifts and callings. But if you got a nasty attitude and you don't love people, Paul says you are nothing. Then Paul goes on and he talks about this love. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 has been called the love manifesto. I submit to you that there is no great, greater literary work, secular or spiritual, on love than 1 Corinthians 13. Greater than Romeo and Juliet. Greater than any other dissertation on love. 1 Corinthians 13. Paul goes on to describe, because I gave you the first part in which he says you're nothing with all your titles if you don't have love. Then he tells us what love is, what love does, and what love does not do. This is important for you to understand. 
And I'm talking to you this morning what love is, what love does, and what love does not. In verses 4 and 5, he elaborates on this. And listen to how Paul puts it in verses 4 and 5. Remember what love is, what love does, and what love does not. Paul says in verses 4 and 5, love is patient and love is kind. Listen, I, I really horned in on this at 8 o'clock. If you're not nice and kind, you don't love somebody. You can't say I love you and hit you upside the head and abuse you and physically and verbally abuse you all the time. Call it whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good in your relationship, but don't call it love. But that's just how we love. No, that's how you roll, but that's not how you love. There's a difference because the Bible says love is patient and love is kind to people you love you treat them kindly not rudely not with a nasty attitude this is what the bible said and it goes on love is not jealous remember what love is what it is not and what it does love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude if you are boastful, if you are jealous, if you are rude, according to the Apostle Paul in the Love Manifesto, that is not love. I don't know what you call your relationship, but if you are jealous, boastful, proud, or rude, don't call it love. Because according to scripture, that is not love. Then look at what Paul says. He goes on to says, it does not demand its own way. In other words, love is not selfish. Now let me help you understand something. I've had people walk up to me and say, Pastor, pray for my relationship. Uh, my husband and my wife is mean, rude, selfish, self-centered, but I know they love me. And I say, that does not fit together. And I say, and I'm trying to wrap my mind on it. Now help me understand this. They're mean, selfish, rude, self-centered. But you think they love you? Nobody loves you who treats you this way. And if they treat you this way, I've got news for you. Go buy your own candy. Go buy your own flowers. Because they do not love you. This is what the Bible says. It goes on and says, it is not irritable. And listen, and it keeps no record of being wrong. In other words, love doesn't throw it up in your face all the time. Love doesn't say five years ago, you know how you treated me. Uh, you, you've treated me this way and I can't really get over that. Those words do not compute in a love relationship. The words, I can't get over that, please listen to me, should not exist 
in a true love relationship. Because if you really love it, you can get over it. Now, you can't make people love you. And some of you are so loving and so much to offer, and you want to make somebody out of something that they're not. And here's what I tell people all the time, and I get in trouble in this. I've, get, I, I've had people come sit on my couch and sit there for an hour, and at the end of the day, they say, Pastor, what should we do? I say, go find a lawyer. And they look at me and say, you did not say that. I said, yeah. They said, why? I said, because I want both of you to be happy. And, and, I, and I have, in just one hour, been able to tell that somebody is not going to change. I, mean, I know you want them to, but, but then God can bring things together. And God can put somebody in your life you deserve who meets this criteria. Now look at verse number six. Especially take note of verse number six. Verse number six says this. It does not rejoice about injustices. It rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Real love doesn't get happy when other people do wrong. Real love does not celebrate when others are mistreated. Real love does not rejoice over the injustice. Real love does not celebrate people threatening other people. Wrong is not a part of God's master plan in real love. But it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love is about truth. This is about real love. And then, verse number seven. Verse number seven is so important. God has given me an assignment for this morning to preach this message and to preach it in this manner. Because I want you to hear this. Perhaps of all of the 13 verses in this chapter, verse number seven, in my humble opinion, is perhaps the most profound. Because in this one verse, Paul shares four key powerful statements or insights about love. In this one verse, verse number seven. And you measure up real love to this and measure and examine the love that God has for us based on verse seven. Perhaps the love that we have for God, verse 7. The love that you have for each other, verse 7. Four things we will conclude. Number one is this. Paul says, love never gives up. The reason I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that my parents love me that my mother today who's still alive loves me is because she never gave up on me. She could have. Perhaps there were some opportunities which she should have. But she didn't. <laughs> Love never gives up. God has never given up on us. What gives me the greatest comfort in the world is to know that even when I felt like giving up on God, he never gave up 
on me. Love never gives up. It never gives up. Paul says love keeps it. It, it, it is there. It is persistent. And even at your worst times, God still loves you. Even when you were doing everything you were big enough to do, God still loves you. How many of you love your children during their most embarrassing moments? During the time in which they let you down the most? During the times that they hurt you the most? But there was never any thought in your mind about giving up. You've heard my testimony. I've shared with you the testimony I've had with my son. <laughs> Having to go and, and, and get him out of jail. Amen. More than one occasion. And I've even had people to say to me, even people in the church, man, came to me one day and said, I know you don't want to hear this, but it may be time for you to just give up and just let him go. And I said, the devil is a liar. I said, God never let me go. Okay, God never gave up on me and I'll never give up on him. Amen. And I'm telling you, even today, aren't you glad that God never gave up on you? Today, that same young man is a youth pastor. He's not perfect. But you know what? What if on that occasion I said, I'm done. I don't want anything else to do with you. That perhaps the gift that's in him never would have been realized. And God says, real love never gives up. Second key thing that Paul writes about in this one verse, verse number seven, is this. Not only does love never give up, but love never loses faith. God says, I believe in you when even you didn't believe in yourself. Love never loses faith. There have been times in my life in which my dad and mom spoke faith in my life and I know I didn't deserve it. There have been times in which I needed it the most. They would just simply say, son, we believe in you. And these weren't times after I preached a great sermon. These were times perhaps when I did not know what I wanted to be, when I was, when I was uh, uh, being tempted by spiritualism from all kinds of dark forces. But yet, they never lost faith. That's because God never lost faith in any of us. Aren't you glad to know that at your worst time, the Lord never lost faith in you? Here's the third key takeaway from verse 7. Love is always hopeful. One of my political mentors, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who was just here last February on Black History Month, very instrumental in my life when I was a college student, he coined the phrase, keep hope alive. And it means so much. In your darkest times, we've got to keep hope alive. Real love always have hope that things are going to get better. 
If I trust God, I, my darkest hour when my child is doing everything they're big enough to do. Lord, I still have hope that you can turn things around. Hope is believing that something better is not only possible, but on its way. Still having hope that God is a God of mercy and it is of his mercies that we've not been consumed and his compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Ooh. Great is God's faithfulness. So love never gives up, one. Love never loses faith, two. Love is always hopeful, three. And here's the fourth and the final one. Love endures through every circumstance. Through your bad days, through your worst days, through your days in which you don't even feel like getting out of the bed. During the time of your life when you don't seem to have any confidence in anything. Everything is falling apart around you. Body is being right with pain. Love endures through every circumstance. Through sickness to health. Through good days to bad days. God still loves us. And we should love each other. I am so glad that there have been circumstances in my life in which perhaps God should have and he had every right to walk away, but he didn't because love endures through every circumstance. Ooh. I'm here today because of God's unconditional, transformative, redemptive love. And this is how Paul ends 1 Corinthians which is where the subject for today's message comes from. Paul concludes 1 Corinthians 13 in the 13th verse with these words. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is not faith. It's not hope. It's love. Remember I reminded you of verse 12 of 1 Corinthians. The greatest is not your ability to prophesy. The greatest of all is not your title of an apostle or a miracle worker or a teacher but the greatest of these is love because it was love that lifted us Whew. you're here today because God loved you you're here today because he looked beyond all your faults and saw your needs. To my brothers and sisters that have made mistakes, to those of you that are incarcerated, to those of you that have recently been incarcerated, 
Amen. We met with some of our staff last week about a ministry for those who recently been incarcerated and said that God wants us to reach out to people and show them what real love looks like. I regret that society holds your past against you. But I'm so grateful that God has already forgotten and God has already taken you to another level. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. As we prepare to conclude this message, I want to invite all of you on this day to think of these words, to allow these words to sink down into your soul, to ask yourself, do you love like this? Yeah. Because the truth is you have been loved like this. God has loved you just like this. And think about the kind of love that God has for us. And then you take that love and you share that with others and you let them see the real love. The real love is not judged by who can afford to give you the best gift. We've become so commercialized that we seem to judge how much someone loves you by the gifts they give. And all over social media in the next 24 hours are going to be pictures of flowers, chocolates, and wedding proposal rings, and and all kinds of words that people are going to say or share. But are they truly genuine? If real love exists, it is because these components are in their life. Once again, listen to these four things real quickly. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures through every circumstances. That's what love looks like. That's what love is. Now listen to this. That is the kind of love you deserve. Because that is the kind of love that God has for you. Listen, Kirk Franklin writes this powerful song as we prepare to invite you to this altar experience. Virtual altar experience means a call for you to rededicate, to commit yourself, call to you to pray this prayer of faith with us. For the last 11, 10 months, we've not had the physical altar, but God has given us something far greater than a physical altar. He's given us a virtual altar that can go all over the world. And so stop what you're doing right now if you're in a position to do so. And if you are grateful that God loves you in such a manner, you should begin to thank him. If you're grateful that you've had that love from a personal standpoint, then you should begin to thank him. If you share that kind of love with somebody else 
that's something to be grateful for. But if you've not had it from another human being, I've got better news for you. You can get that kind of love for someone who had never changed. God said, I'm the Lord your God and I change not. God is not flaky. He's not unpredictable. God is not sometimey. You can count on God loving you in the morning just like he loved you last night. You can count on God loving you next week just like he loved you this week. So Kirk Franklin writes these most powerful lyrics. Love a word that comes and goes but few people really know what it really means to love somebody. Love Though the tears may fade away, I'm so glad your love will stay. Because I love you and you show me, Jesus, what it really means to love. The nights that I cried, Lord, you love me. Say that again. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The nights that I cried, Lord, you love me. When I should have died, Lord, you love me. I'll never know why you love me. In fact, it is a mystery to me, but I'm glad that you love me. When all hope was gone, I... Lord, you love me. When you gave me a song that you love me, now I can go on because you love me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you love me. If you're in a position to stand and to lift your hands and to worship, you're at your virtual altar. In your house, in your living room, wherever you are, in front of your television, listening on the radio, begin to lift those hands right now as our worship team comes and bless us. Listen. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. A word that comes and goes. Thank you, team. Yeah, yeah. But few people really know what it
Listen, I read something that was really moving and troubling in a way. It says that Valentine's Day is the second most depressing day of the year. Second. Second only to Christmas. I said, Lord, I, I guess I can understand that there are times in some people's life where maybe they're alone or feeling lonely and they feel as if no one loves them. And then I thought about there are people who had such great loves in their lives that perhaps they aren't there any longer. Perhaps they've gone on to be with the Lord and that relationship is not there because the one you love so much has transitioned to be with the Lord. And then God reminded me to remind you to think about the love you had. And this is what I say to families who've lost loved ones. And this is so important. Listen to this. And this is to everyone on this day who feeling really bad because you've lost someone you love. God says, embrace the pain. Embrace the pain. Because the pain reminds you of how special the relationship was. Every time I think of my dad, I hurt. But I'm glad I'm hurting, Mom. <laughs> because the hurt reminds me how much I love him. How much he loved me. And so yes, it is better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Second thing God says is not only to embrace the pain, but embrace the fact that God still loves you. And that God will always be there for you. He never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful and he endures with you through every circumstance. That's real love. And so this day should not be about flowers or candies or gifts. It should be about you thanking God for real love. And if you've had that love in your life, thank God for it. If you have it in your life, thank God for it. Thank you to my wife. Thank you to my family. I am so grateful and fortunate that I have that in my life. But I know that there are others who do not. But this is what we all have in common. We all have this love that God has. When I cried at night, he loves us. Come on, team, sing for us again. Tell us what love is. Come on, right now. Lift those hands and begin.
There's a number on that screen. There's a contact on that screen. Email us, text us, call us. I want you to know that you're not alone. (laughs) That we all are in this together. And if you don't have a spiritual covering, if you've been viewing us for this past these past several months, you don't have a spiritual covering, then we are excited and will be honored to have you a part of what God is doing here. If you are affiliated with another ministry, then it is not our goal to proselyte or to take you away from where you are. But if you're looking for that covering, if you're looking for brothers and sisters, and even if we're not physically in the same place, when two or three are gathered together, God says he will be in the midst, even virtually. Pick up the phone. If you want a relationship with God, can I tell you, you cannot have this kind of love without having a relationship with God. There's a commitment that you make to God that your love for God, God's love for you, that God's love for you is on full display. You've got to love somebody greater than you love yourself. It cannot be all about you and your own selfish pursuits. God wants to be the love of your life right now. Call that number 888-776-1238 to those of you that are listening by way of radio. You can text us. You can email us. Uh, you can drop off something by the church. If, 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 if you can send a letter, someone will call you. Someone will be there to pray with you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this assignment on this day. It is not every year that Valentine's falls on a Sunday. But on this day, you've given us a special assignment to talk about what love is, what love does, and what love does not. Thank you for reminding us that love never gives up never loses faith, always has hope, and endures through every circumstance. That's what love looks like. That's the kind of love you've demonstrated towards us, and we say thank you. Now, Lord, I pray especially right now for those who are hurting. I pray for those whose hearts have been broken remind them that the love that you have for them is unconditional and we say thank you thank you Lord because you love them unlike anyone can ever love them and we say thank you thank you for loving us when we did not even love ourselves when we were deemed by others to have been unlovable Yet you love us, Lord. We say thank you and bless them in a special way. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are right now, tell the Lord thank you. Thank you. Call that number. Let us pray with you. Let us walk you through the plan of salvation. Before the benediction, we want to remind you again of our vision offering $7 a week. 
The vision is about the future. The vision is about what God is doing. I'm so excited about seven-day-a-week ministry. Let me say that again. Seven-day-a-week ministry. I'm so excited that we've never stopped sending food to those that are in needs. Let me tell you something, and I've, I've reluctantly decided to do this. But we have several of our staff members who've contracted COVID because they've been out serving others. We have staff members that are at home sick right now because they never stopped serving others. Never stopped taking meals to those that were in need. Never stopped loading a van of food to help others. And I don't say that because I want any pity for this ministry. I say that for those of you who allow the criticisms of so many people to talk about what the church does not do, they don't know about that. They don't know that there have been five or six members of our limited staff that have COVID. And at least two of them have been hospitalized because we never stop serving. And we never will because God has given us a mandate to show God's love through what we do. And I want you to continue to give so that we can continue to be a blessing for others. Anyone who calls us for food, we're there. There are people who call us with no place to live. We've been there. There are seniors who call us and says, can someone bring food by our house? We are there. Because that's what ministry looks like. Ministry is not about the size of your congregation. Ministry is not about the size of your building. Because right now, for the past 11 months, Mac, building size doesn't matter. The number of people you sit in your church, quote, doesn't matter. But what matters so much are not the number of people that walk through your doors. Listen to this. God said this to me. But what matters are the number of doors you walk through. The number of senior citizen doors. Single mother doors. The number of hurting people's doors you walk through. Thank you, by the way. Thank you to our friends all over this country who've sown seeds to help us do what God has called us to do. And pray for us. Pray for us as a staff. Pray for those members that are homesick right now. Just got to report one of our staff members home now with an oxygen tank because they serve others. Pray that God will lift them up and they would know that their labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege of helping others. Do your part because the kingdom work must go on. Thank you to faithful givers. Thank you to those who've allowed us to do what we do here. Are we concerned? Yes. I haven't been vaccinated and I've been to funerals all year. Got two more next week. 
but I'm trusting that God will make a way. Thank you, because that's what real love looks like. To our staff members that are homesick, you know who you are. Thank you so much. We plead the blood of Jesus over your life and say your labor is not in vain. Join us on Tuesday night for words of encouragement. Psalms 18 is where our text is going to be found from. Amen. Come be with us on Tuesday night for one hour or less. One hour or less. Thank you for being a part of this. Come on, team, take us out just before we pray the prayer. Yeah. Now may the grace of God and this sweet communion of his Holy Spirit Rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And wherever you are, say amen. The greatest of these is love. Thank you for being a part of this service. everyone for tuning in. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website at BWCAR.org.